hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Saladcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner. How are you, my friend? Yep, I'm good, mate. Thank you. I'm good, well. apart from football, obviously. <laughs> nice long weekend and back to um, work and all that. But um, yeah, football was rather frustrating. Um, mm. Positives, but frustrating at the same time. Yeah, it was almost like the perfect weather this Easter, wasn't it? But unfortunately, uh, Shrewsbury Town did their level best to, to get us back into relegation troubles, or at least worrying a little bit about it, I guess, and we're going we're gonna to cover where we're left in the league. But yeah, it's uh, not ideal, was it, over the weekend? Obviously, two losses, but um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about this week, haven't we, Ollie, with two games over Easter back-to-back? Yeah, there's lots to cover. I'd say like there's three things, isn't there, really? There's like the, the Barnsley game the Oxford game and then the reaction to the Oxford game. Certainly, yeah, the reaction's interesting as well. I think it does paint a picture of so, so still what's under under the surface, I think, with quite a few fans, clearly, from what happened at the end of the game. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll move on to the game now. It's just it's just interesting, Ollie. If we talk about holiday periods this year, it's been a bit of a disaster, hasn't it? Because, obviously, Christmas, we took two points from nine, and Easter, we took no, no points from six. So, it's not been a very nice holiday period for Shrewsbury Town fans this year. So, yeah, lots to cover, Ollie. We shall move straight on to it now. So, Steve McKenzie against Bobby Mims, and it's McKenzie! 2-1 to Shrewsbury! Party time! So, Barnsley on, on Friday, 3pm mm. um, kickoff on Friday. Um, Barnsley 2, Shrewsbury Town 1, um, <laughs> but that doesn't really tell you the story of the game. Um, going into the game, um, Shrewsbury were on a decent run, and we had 7 points from 9 um, going into this, which is good. Yep. Um, and Barnes, but Barnsley's record at home is 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 phenomenal. It, they're unbeaten at home all season. Um, For so a year, it's going to be a tough, a tough, yeah, a tough test. Um, and there was thirteen thousand fans there. You wouldn't know it um, apart <laughs> from when they were whinging. The Barnsley fans, um, I think they were quite edgy um, in their defence um, because yeah. of where they are. And yeah, the end of the Easter, they were second in the league. So obviously, they're going go, going all guns for promotion. Um, team selection only one change. Um, Sam Ricketts did listen to us. Um, we've got um, same back three, Mitchell in goal, um, and then we got Sears at right wing back for Bolton, who's been struggling with injury. Yep. And um, we played a slightly different um, midfield in the sense that we had a proper midfield three um, with Doherty, Grant, and Norburn, and Goldburn left wing back, um, and Worley um, playing up front with Campbell. Um, and I think it's fair to say that you know Shrewsbury started um, quite brightly. And we were working really hard and kept our shape. Um, and I thought it was just interesting that we kind of had that different shape this week. On the Friday, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it was it was fair. I mean, it, 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 it seemed to start well from the off. You're right, Ollie. And um, I think I couldn't really complain about the team selection. Obviously, Bolton's been carrying this knock for quite a while. So I think it was obvious he wasn't going to be able to play two games over Easter. And Sears, from from what I can see and from what I've seen of the game, is certainly worth a League One start and is, and is to the you know correct standard to be starting League One games. So you couldn't really complain about that. Maybe there was an argument to rotate Faye back in. He's been sitting on the bench recently, but Campbell's been scoring occasionally. And um, so he's, he's worth keeping his place. But yeah, I thought the town started really well. Well, we can't we can't be oddly we lost this game. We can't be too negative about it. In all honesty, I mean, we we both sat by each other, didn't we, Ollie? At this one, and some of the football town played, and particularly in that opening period where they went toe to toe with what was a, a good, you know, Barnsley team. We can't say they were a poor team like we have to, sometimes this season. They they stood toe to toe. They played the ball around nicely. That the midfield three really linked up well. I thought they passed it around nicely and, and tried to get on the ball as much as possible. And, and you, you couldn't really argue with the start. I thought we we ran at them, and, and that's what I think we had to do in a game like that with them having such a good record. You've got to push them from the off. Yeah, we pushed. I think we were playing a counter-attacking tactic. Definitely. We were, yeah, that's why we had that bank of three. And, yep. um, but when we got forward, obviously using the pace of, of Campbell and Worley, it was quite effective. And yeah, it's, um, you know, in terms of chances, um, Shrewsbury definitely started the better of the two sides. Um, so Sears wins the ball. 
um, gets the ball through to Campbell, who sets um, Wally through with a nice through ball, who's one-on-one with the keeper. Mm-hmm. And the keeper makes first of many good saves. <laughs> um, and then the keeper's out of the goal. Um, Wally has another effort, and then it's, well, I would say, he kind of hits it at the defender, and it's a good block from him. And that got the town fans really kind of going, um, who I thought were in good voice. And um, yeah, yeah, it kind of set the nerves um, for Barnsley that you know this wasn't going to be an easy game. Yeah, the crowd's interesting. There was two sets of chanters on, on the game at Barnsley. There was guys right at the back, like usual, and then there was the bunch of, I think, of the guys from Safe Standing who were standing yeah, right at the yeah. front. And it was almost like at first it didn't quite get together with the fans, really. There was different chants starting from different areas, but uh, they kind of got it in sync eventually. But yeah, it was great, great following and a, and a great attendance, I thought, in terms of you know it being an Easter game and, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, that, it was a tale of one on ones, really, this whole of Easter, wasn't it? That there's, there's going to be two more we'll go through in this game that we missed. And then obviously we've let two one on ones in against Oxford. So a tale of one on ones over this Easter period. But yeah, it certainly got everybody up and, and fantastic. You know, it was probably warranted from the start that we'd made. It was good, quick play, wasn't it? It was a it was a fantastic through ball from Campbell. You're right to pick that out. It was that was championship quality for sure. And um, yeah, and a little bit did we know how many of these chances were going to cost us later on. But it, it was already like you know, good start. Let's let's push on and get a goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Barnsley um, were really trying to play different ways of football. They were um, trying to pass it short, and that wasn't really working. So they ended up playing a few balls over the top. Yeah, they did. Um, and and Woodrow um, had quite a few chances, which he fired over. Um, but they were a threat, but I have to say they had to work really hard to create chances. They did, and credit to our back three as well in that period where they tried yeah. to play a bit more direct. They all stood stood up to it, and there were no errors, like we're going to talk about again later on. But, you know, they were solid. There was no individual errors that you could see in that opening period. You know, Waterfall took his captaincy, uh, sort of took that leadership role in the centre-back position, and, and he was talking Williams through the game again, which is something we mentioned recently. And, yeah, no no, no real sign and no no. A couple of chances, like, but you know, it was an open game. You felt like we were going to still create chances. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then after this, it didn't take too long. So it was twenty-three minutes. They got their first goal. Yep. Tap down the left, cross in. Um, really poor from Grant. Terrible. This was. <laughs> um, so he kind of um, looks like he tried to like push the ball past the play and run around him. Um, yeah. But then it went straight to one of their players. Um, came came straight to Moa, who basically. And you had that kind of area that you really don't want to let someone shoot. Mm, so yeah. kind of ran into the D in front of the penalty area. Um, nice finish, to be fair to him, but terrible, terrible play from Grant and uh, another sloppy mistake from him. I thought I, put, I think I put on Twitter at the time that he tried to be a bit of a clever bastard about it. He was trying to take a touch and go round a man and then go again and, and push on. But I don't think he'd seen that there was quite as many Barnsley players around him. And, you know, there'd been a little catalogue of those in the recent weeks, hasn't there? There's one where he got pushed over on the edge of the box and sort of trying to dilly dally on the ball, wasn't there, a few weeks back at home. And he has been involved in some of the removes making down that have led to goals. Having said that, though, the guy, the strike was, was, was really good. I don't think yeah. Mitchell could have done anything about it. No, and not at all. Just, again, showed that class that Barnsley probably got that we don't quite have in attacking positions I know Campbell's good but it was a really good finish um, and it was disappointing wasn't it because we had done alright in that opening period and we'd had the chance to go ahead and once you went behind at Barnsley it did get their crowd going a bit more you know for the first time in the game after 26 minutes and then you thought to be fair with their record this is a hell of a mountain to climb and you started to be a bit pessimistic didn't you but there was still that optimism at the back of your mind that we'd started well so there's no reason why we couldn't go again wasn't there yeah definitely and the game kind of seemed to kind of simmer along for a bit no yeah. real major highlights and then Sears wins a header and Wally stays strong and kind of holds his ground. I think that's what the manager, Barnsley manager, was complaining about after the goal was yeah. scored. Um, and then Campbell fires an absolute rocket into the back of the net. Um, and yeah, we just went, all went absolutely ballistic. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And then, so Tyrese um, Campbell then celebrates in front of the Way fans, who obviously been giving him some kind of abuse or something because he yeah. put his hands to his ears. 
Um, but, but yeah, it was a really good goal, and yeah, I guess um, it just it just absolutely flew in. He's he's got a real a really strong left foot. Lots to like about that goal. Sears, great commitment to win that header to start the whole thing. And a word for Sears, I thought he was in general he was fantastic, and we'll probably cover it more in top three because he features in my top three. But guy, the guy seems to have been in the gym a lot because he's definitely bulked out and got stronger, and that's an asset that he's going to need playing at League One. You know, as he started to play with seasoned professionals, and he didn't look out of sync with his strength or his reading of the game during the whole game. So it's good that he was involved in starting the move I think that was a good credit for him for the performance put in but great header yeah Wally stayed strong and, and that finish with Campbell again championship quality I'll keep saying it about Campbell it was a real hard fast low shot and, a, and the keeper was never going to get it so yeah it was nice to see him get another one I think he's got maybe five six now so it's not bad in his little period he's been here and um yeah, he's, he's doing well, isn't he? And, and yeah, it was nice to get, I think it was less than 10 minutes since we'd gone behind, so it showed that we were still in the game, we were still trying to push on and, and counter-attack or get at them when we could, and yeah, still positive, still looking forward to try and get us get ahead, and certainly had chances, didn't we? Yeah, and, <laughs> and we had a couple more um, before the half came, before yep. the half ended. So Wally wins at the ball up top, and puts, um, puts Campbell through, and he can't score, and I was absolutely gobsmacked he didn't take that chance. He was on his left foot as well. Did you think he was going to score at that point? So yeah, I mean, with his quality, I thought he was going to score. I thought we were, I was already sort of hands up in the air, starting to celebrate. But again, second one on one that we missed, and he, it doesn't you know you don't get many one on ones across a whole season. I, I don't think, and you know to miss to miss two and then three later on in the game was a bit was a bit scandalous to be honest with you. I mean, we could talk about how well we played, but there was there was an argument to say that the whole thing that let us down was our finishing, and, and Wally and Campbell were particularly to blame for for those three misses I just discussed there. But yeah, you would have backed him to score normally, wouldn't you? But the, their keeper would have had a fantastic game. To be fair, you can't really you can't really say he wasn't man of the match. Even though later on they announced their man in a match, Barnsley, and it was Alex Moat, wasn't it? It wasn't the goalkeeper, it was one of the midfielders, I think, and it's found that a bit odd. Yeah, odd. Probably some, probably some um, clueless guy in the, in the sponsorship box who should be <laughs> drinking all day, didn't actually watch the game, and like, ooh, who scored? And he gave God, him the man. The keeper was match. amazing. He was really um, good. But then there was also a, a chance or a claim at the end of the half, which I didn't actually see this. I can't remember seeing this in, in no. real time. Um, but there was a huge penalty claim, and I saw, I can't remember who it was, um, so sorry for not mentioning your name. Um, someone took a screen print and put it on Twitter, um, and you could see a Shujitan shirt being stretched off. Um, and that was a massive um, penalty claim. That was definitely a penalty. Um, did you see that in real time, Glenn? I remember, I remember I was talking to you just after it happened, wasn't I? Lewis Cox was saying, huge penalty claim, and from his angle, you could see a very clear shirt pull, I think, from the press box, but where we were behind the goal, it was sort of completely blocked from us wasn't it like at the time I don't think anyone in our stand sort of complained no. for a penalty I don't think any of the fans reacted so one of those ones that none of the fans saw and clearly the referee didn't see it either or he did and chose well, to didn't want to see it yeah the fans <laughs> fans were, were pretty um pretty wingers cool. I'd say I've had to describe them they weren't really very supportive of their team and the only time they actually chanted was when they were um let's say well when they were winning when, yeah. were, when it was like nil nil or one all, they completely went flat again. It was a very odd performance. Um, I guess it's just nerves. I'd say that as well. Nerves. I think that I think that's a fair thing to say. And when it when they did go ahead, I thought the atmosphere of the rest of the game was pretty loud from Barnsley. Like there was obviously a big attendance there, and they were really up for it. Then I think you could see how other results were going elsewhere, and they were starting to get quite excited, weren't they? And um, yeah, it was it was interesting because yeah, up to that point we had quieted them for a long period of time, and it was because of the quality of football we've been playing. You know, we've not really mentioned players, but Docks and 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 Grant and, and Norburn in midfield. I say the three of them were, were excellent in terms of dictating our our attacking play when we got on the break. You know, Wally was so dynamic in this game wasn't he Ollie you know across the whole 90 minutes he he really ran himself into the ground and he was he was I, I said at one point to you and I sometimes can be very critical about it, Wally, and I may come to that later on, but it was one of them games that he turns in every 10 where he's borderline unplayable, really, really hard to get to grips yeah. with. Yeah, 
he was fantastic and yeah. links links nicely onto the short corners routines we were doing really kind of take advantage of his, of yeah, his yeah. skills um so what they were doing for those who weren't there is doherty was taking it short to wally and basically just giving him license to run in it was fantastic and it was and it was interesting that um, andy davis who um, played professional football was he commented on the um the set pieces like i remember seeing at the time i didn't really think too much of it but it's always interesting when he he makes those observations because mm, it's mm. something obviously he sees as a as an ex-pro and yeah it was good to see those working on it and kind of had barnsley quite fluffled because yeah, they created chances from those. And this was one of the opportunities where um, Doc had his cross oh, um, and Warhol had that header and we really thought he was going to score at that point. So, you know, we've talked about quite a few chances now. We're, we're up to like three or four now um, where we could have we could have scored. I think this was one of the best chances, Warhol one. I could not believe he missed it. For all the plaudits he gets for how many goals he scores, I think he scored six or seven, hasn't he, this season. He, missed, he has missed a few glorious chances. And this... this had to be a goal. They say the short corner routine was brilliant. Doherty just walked in and played a perfect ball onto his head and he headed it down. He probably did the right thing to be fair, but he headed it so hard it just bounced down and then was going into the top of the roof, but it didn't. It was going so hard it just sort of looped up on onto the top of the net, didn't it? And it was right in front of all the town fans, agonisingly close. You just you stood there open mouth thinking, how on earth have we missed that chance? And it was another glorious chance to get level. We would have certainly deserved to be 2-2 at that point. We'd really been battling hard. But yeah, just another missed chance, really. Um, so that was unfortunate. It's interesting about the short corners as well, because I do think, having watched Wally basically hit every corner he's taken directly to the front man for the entire season, I don't know why we haven't done short corners <laughs> for a lot this season, because they look good, and they're way better than just the normal corners we seem to waste this season. So uh, we didn't seem to do any against Oxford. We just went back to punting it in straight away when it had worked so well, which which I found very odd. Well, you know, one of my favourite stats, Glenn, that only one in nine corners results in a shot yeah, on goal. Yeah, um, yeah. Corners are pretty much a waste of time. And I remember there was a time when Barcelona didn't even bother taking them. They just kind of passed them out and carried on playing ticky-tack of football. A lot um, of big clubs do now, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's, they're, they're not that. You, you know, it's very hard to get an opportunity. <laughs> one, of, um, one of my mates who sits by me, every time Shubhutan gets a corner, he's like, just don't get excited, lads. It's a huge potato corner. <laughs> I don't clap them anymore. Uh, I just don't clap them after I read that oh, book. About stats, I still, yeah. They're not good opportunities, especially for Shrewsbury. We missed not for so us. Many. Um, and then another set piece where we had a really good opportunity to go ball through to, to Worley, who was really deep on the line. Yeah, and passes good. it to, um, to Campbell, who fires across. Um, and yeah, just fired wide. And oh, another, another really, really so good, good opportunity. That was a brilliant chance as well. Yeah, really smart little quick uh, sort of thro- throwing routine, wasn't it? And lovely little reverse ball from Wally. He would say that no one followed. He was just too quick for him. And Campbell did everything right, didn't he, to be fair? It was a very quick snapshot finish, hard and low. And it was just it must have been like an inch or, inch or and a half wide sort of thing. And oh, just, just agonising. And um, yeah, that was, that was kind of it then. we let I think Barnsley tried, sort of probably got back into it a little bit more then. And as much as they come on to score, not much longer, longer after that, it still kind of felt a little bit like it was really harsh when we went behind, wasn't it? It was it was very, very harsh on how we'd created all these chances and somehow we would gone behind. But yeah, it was just another one of those chances. I think they didn't they hit the crossbar though before they scored their goal, I think, as well. Yeah, they did. So they yeah. had an opportunity to hit the crossbar. It was a big uh, miss out. And then and credit where it's due, this was an excellent goal from, from Barnsley. Yeah. So this was at uh, 55 minutes. Um, you know, this was like championship passing. Um, good. Really, very really good. good football. Worked the ball into the box. Um, shot in through the legs really hard for Mitchell even though he was at his near post um, a sucker punch because obviously we just had all those chances yeah. um, and it was really deflating when we they scored to hear their um, their fans cheering um, was quite frustrating but I have to give them credit to you in terms of football it was, it was a good goal 
And it's about getting the job done at this time of the season for a team that pushes yeah. promotion, isn't it? Doesn't matter how the win comes or how you grind your way through it, you're going to celebrate it heartily, like we did last season. How many late goals did we score? That some of the, some yeah. of those games they were fifty fifty, and we just went ahead and nicked it. I mean, well, not even fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true. Um, so I can't really blame the Barnsley fans for scoring. And actually, you know, you, you talked about bumping into a Barnsley fan at the end, but I talked to Barnsley fans on the way in and the way out. And actually, I've been to so many away games in the last five years or even since we started doing this podcast I've obviously been going to more away games and I've yet to meet a bunch of more positive and friendly and kind of very positive about our football club as well obviously we played well um, fans than I did at Barnsley I had a massive walk to and back from my car and both times we walked with Barnsley fans just chatting with them um, and when we got to the ground we were talking to a few outside the ground and it was like it seemed like a very nice football yeah, club, Barnsley, did, yeah. and, and very cheery bunch. I know they moaned when they got in there, but I suppose in some respects that maybe they were just trying to influence the game, I guess. But they, they seemed like a cheery bunch. Yeah, they <laughs> did. I I was one of these games where I went went drove up on my own and went to a real ale pub and just kind of sometimes it's just fun just to kind of you know get your phone out, check Twitter and all that, and see what yeah. the team was. And just have a listen to what people were saying and chatting about. And yeah, there seems there seems to be a lot of families there, which I thought was quite interesting. And a lot of people kind of going with friends and stuff. And yeah, it seemed quite a kind of yeah, quite a friendly bunch. And I met a, a two um, nice lads who I was chatting to for quite a while, walking out the ground. And one of them um, was saying that you know, is the quote that you put on Twitter was you know, you guys should have scored five today. And they're saying Christ. they were one of the best teams that we'd they'd seen all season. Yeah, um, yeah. And it just shows you that there's you know what a a kind of mess <laughs> this team is in a sense mm. you know mm. it's just so confusing um you know you, you know you'd need a team of mathematicians to try and figure them out what you know what we're doing all the time because we create chances <laughs> i know our xg and stuff is always weird and always off um and we just we just don't take our chances and then we you know give teams gifts um and it's just really really frustrating <laughs> Well, I think one of the theme, my themes of this season, I think, and I've said this on this podcast a lot, is they find ways not to win, don't they, Ollie? And, yeah. and actually, some of our best performances have been in defeat. Plymouth, uh, sorry, Plymouth, Portsmouth at home a few weeks ago is a good example. Probably played some of our better football of the season, lost. Barnsley away, definitely some of the best football I've seen us play this season, lost. Some of those early games under ASCII where probably played their best football under ASCII earlier this yeah, season to yeah. Luton, lost. And, and there's so many examples. And actually, Walls you know, then there's been. The then there's been yeah, exactly. And then there's been games where we've been atrocious, like Wimbledon away, um, where we were all very good at home. one. So, yeah, it's very, very odd, isn't it? Yeah, that's another good example. So, it's it, it just, there's no way, there's, there will no be no way to put a very simple marker on what this team has been up to this season. And I think, you know... Frust- apart from giving them Apart from it being frustrating, yeah. And the Oxford <laughs> game, the Oxford game just opens up a whole other gamut yeah. about different things we'll get to. But, you, you know, let's give them credit that there's... There is a team there, isn't there? They can play some decent football. It's just there's talent there. We'll call it a team, but there's definitely mm. some talent there. Yeah. Um, and kind of the things. Yeah, it was kind of a sign of things to come. Um, Barnsley just absolutely ran through us, um, and they yeah. had a shot hit Waterfall's back, and Waterfall just went absolutely ballistic that they got through that easy. Mm. Um, but we did end the game on a high. So um, Goldburn's curling effort that was absolutely superb, um, and Adam Davis again. Like God, if if they had anyone else in goal that day, yeah, on Friday, we would have won that game. If yes, they had definitely. a standard League One goalkeeper, we would have won that game. Um, and Adam Davis was um, absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. And yeah, you know, in terms of Barnes, they look like a really good team. But in terms of their best player, for, for me, there's only one choice. It's um, Adam Davis. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's funny that Goldburn effort. We were right behind it, weren't we? Ollie? Yeah. You know, just where we were. And I thought it was going wide. He made a really good save. It could have been it in the you post. Was, I think in. it was curling in. 
Yeah, it could have been curling, curling, but it looked like it was going wide for a lot of the, the chance yeah. where he sort of hit it. But great hit, to be fair, and, and, a, and a great save. And you thought then, as a town fan, oh, that's it, that's the last chance gone. We've we've had another go manfully. But then a minute a minute later, it's um, Sam Smith had come on, hadn't he? And uh, yeah. he was involved in the build-up, and suddenly phase him one-on-one. And you think, finally, third one-on-one, we'll get a point out of this, we're safe. Away we go, happy days. What happens? <laughs> keeper saves it well it's a bit of 50-50 in the sense that it was quite a, you could say a, maybe a poor finish just along the I ground I would say so if you yeah. put a, a couple if you got a little bit of height on it height a little bit of a dink he would have gone in the back of the net but he didn't he he played it low and the keeper got his foot to him and um, yeah Adam Davis uh, definitely spoiled <sighs> our Friday annoying so annoying and and then that it that was our last chance wasn't it then the game yeah. i think barnsley let's give them credit they got the ball then for sort of the, the last couple of minutes and then the injury time and they choked the life out of the game their crowd are really up for everything they were chanting for everything they sort of shouted for every little free kick and they took ages over it and to be fair we couldn't quite get anything going in that bit after Faye famous that chance and um i think barnsley looked fairly fairly just fairly nailed on to probably get that second automatic place now looking at how all the other results gone i wouldn't really blame them i think they were a good-looking team, um, certainly better than, than Sunderland when we saw them at their place, and, and obviously we got a point there, didn't we? So, and I, and after what happened with Sunderland and how they said, "Oh, we won't let, we'll let women in the boardroom," and sort of dragged our football club through the mud a little bit unnecessarily, I kind of hope Barnsley do it, and, and Sunderland end up in the playoffs. I think yeah. that would be justice for us. I said that to one of the Barnsley fans. I said, "We hate Sunderland, so you know it's annoying to lose today, and, and we think we still should be safe because I was assuming we beat Oxford. So I don't I don't mind losing to you guys today, but keep Sunderland down." <laughs> yeah, we obviously we um, we beat um, Barnsley. 3-1 so yeah, the games yeah. against them seem to be quite open and quite crazy hey yeah, it was a bit an old game that wasn't it that one I yeah think. I know that was yeah that was the sort of best performance for, for a while in the yeah of, it was a bit of an outlier I think in terms yeah. of performances and results we got two early, two early goals didn't we and we kind of shocked them that was it yeah yeah. Oh well, there we go. So yeah, that was it really. And then yeah, I had the kids with me, so I stayed overnight in Barnsley, Ollie, and then went to their indoor swimming centre on the on the, on the Easter Saturday. So yeah. I, had a, I had a nice time. Come back. I tootled home, um, and oh my god, the M1 is such a horrendous road for not middle lane drivers because it's a lot of four lanes, but people <laughs> sitting in the third lane. Uh, I wish they would just like run, just go away and die or something like this. The moke of the whole road and the whole slow the whole motorway down. Yeah, it's annoying. As a, as a football fan, you get you see a lot of bad driving, don't you? you, you see, especially especially when you drive, especially as I do, I drive a lot um, with work and people who are used to driving on the motorway. So yeah. the M40s are very good people who kind of abide in by the rules. But um, yeah, a bit of a well, tangent there going off of middle lane drivers. Tangent, Ollie. I, I can't I can't say too much on that, Ollie, because if it, if you've spoken to many many people who've been in cars to away games with me, they wonder how I have a license. So I should I shouldn't really criticise too many other drivers because. I've had my own problems over the years, but there we go. Um, but yeah, there we go. So you went off home. I, I stayed overnight and then headed back the next day. But uh, it wasn't to be, was it? And you're right. Just looking at Barnsley, as I said, they look good. I think their keeper was definitely the best player. Um, yeah, interesting think... one. So he plays for Wales. No, oh, does he? All right. Yeah, he plays for Wales. But that was a bit odd. Where do you think he was born? Oh, probably like uh, Peterborough. No, he was born in Germany. His oh, dad right. was oh, in okay, the forces, which oh, yeah, right. I, I, I was like, German Welsh player. I was like, what? What's this all about? But yeah, he was just born. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, our top three. Who did you go for, Ollie? I went for Sears. Um, mm. I went for Sears first. Um, I probably didn't at the time, if I'm honest, more on reflection. Um, and I went on reflection because he had a really good game with no real faults and nothing I can criticise him for. Especially, and then you then add the kind of, for me, like the multiplier effect that he's a young kid coming through. Yes. 
Um, so for me, he was man of the match and well played to see us. I mean, congratulations on his contract. That's fantastic news. Um, and well played for him. And yeah, I said to him, you're going to get it. I just tweeted out a bit of a joke saying you're going to get a new car and he liked it. So yeah, maybe he'll be racing <laughs> down the A5 soon um, in his new car. But yeah, good luck to him. And yeah, he deserves it um, for all the hard work I'm sure he's been doing behind the scenes. Oh, he's definitely been working hard, hasn't he? Yeah, physique, yeah. yeah, definitely. And then I went for Wally second. Wally had an amazing game, but he can't get first because he missed those chances. Yeah. Uh, and then I went for Doherty third. Um, I thought he put in a good shift in a different role um, and just shows what a hard worker he is. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I've gone for two of those as well. I've just gone for Sears and Wally the other way around, but it was pretty 50-50 for me. I think it's fair for, for picking that um, he missed those chances. You wouldn't give him a man of the match. But for me, I think that he was a genuinely scary threat for for, Don, for Doncaster, that wrong game, for um, for Barnsley through the whole game. And and it was it was one of those one in 10 games, like I said before, where you get from Wally. So I, I thought he was exceptional. And, and, and sometimes I'm very critical of him, so I think it's fair to be fair about him when he has one of those games and, and he was exceptional. So um, yeah, and then I gave Sears a second place for, for similar things we've talked about during this review but I went for Rochon actually in um, third place and just just always impressed with him every week and he just seems the most calm and composed out of the three centre-backs and the other two must have 700 games of football league experience behind them and he just he just cruises through games and um, I know we let two goals in he wasn't really involved in any of that I just I just like his attitude I think it's very harsh on Doherty not to put him in the top three and you can say the same thing about Norboon I thought in that three was also really good in the role that he picked up I thought Goldborn was quite good in that game getting forward and there was a few that you know would have been in for a shout at the third place and it it's a mark of how well they all played and I, I think I put on Twitter later that night there was, really was one of those games where I don't think anyone had less than a 7 out of 10. You couldn't really be critical about anyone, could you? No, um, it was apart from the finishing um, yeah. and Grant for that sloppy pass. But um, Yeah, overall, he was still good for most of the game, though, wasn't he, Grant? Yeah, he did fair, do a decent effort. And, and if it wasn't for that um, that error, you know, he'd be up there in terms of, you know, because of good performances. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what did the fans... Still have? a loss. <laughs> yeah, we did. And what the um, what did the fans have to say? Um, so, yeah, Dan Richards, we've um, deserved all three. Um, Alan with chances not taken, um, Clive with we were robbed, um, Wayne good day out, Ryan with a deserved draw, Andy very, very unlucky, um, Paul with Sears top player, um, Logan still looks safe. And yeah, it was kind of mixed, obviously a lot of frustration, but lots of positives have thrown there in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and uh, you know everyone was positive as much as you can be about a loss. You, you know, it, I, I wasn't worried about relegation still after losing that game with where other results had gone that day. So yeah. I, was, I was just happy to kind of enjoy the rest of Easter weekend and look forward to putting it to bed against Oxford. So yeah, Ricketts came on and he was obviously pretty chuffed as well. Um, and and I sort of he had some positive things to say. Yeah, so he said, you know, the quality chances are the best we've had. And we had, you know, three clear one-on-ones, a blatant penalty. Um, and he said that anyone to say we should have scored five today. Um, he came in. We came. He said that we came in with a positive game plan. We did. Um, yeah. You know, he said. He, but he said he can ask for more in both boxes. Top to be top strikers, you need to take those chances, and we need to do better defending. And then, interesting. I don't normally listen to the players, but I did hear him on the radio, so I went back and listened again. It's really interesting for me that Sean Wally started his um, his post match interview by giving credit to the manager and the staff for the setup, and I think it really, really worked. You know, if we'd taken our chances, you know, we would come away with three points. Um, and it's, I think it's just yep. interesting for me um, that that's something that Sean Wally wanted to mention. And I think it's fair. I think we're going to get on to Brickett's tactical setups and stuff at Oxford where you can be quite negative about it. And I think it's just a very interesting one that this week you can be 50-50 about it. Can you? Pre- well, he pretty, much got, he pretty much got... 
the the game the the game we've just discussed right didn't he in terms of the tactical setup yeah. I think there are things in the latter part of the game against Oxford where it maybe he could have changed things and been different and people I think are starting we disagree, to disagree but we'll get on yeah, we, to that. we disagree but I'm trying to make a point that that's been a discussion online hasn't it and that people are not convinced of his game management so we're going to have that discussion in a minute and I just I just think that you know as much as we we are going to move on to the negatives now about Ricketts there is also the reflection that we'd had a little good run then and you know we did perform well at, at Barnsley and the setup was right so he's learning on the job still for me he's he's making mistakes and this was one of the ones where he got it right and he was let down by the players to me he was let down by the players again against Oxford but there are things where you could also point a finger at him and, and I think we're going to come on to the wider connotations of what happened to Oxford aren't we but I think I think that's a fair thing for me to say you know we've got to give both sides of it, haven't we when we're talking about manager and players because I'm going to be very negative about some of the players in a minute it's fair isn't it Ollie and you couldn't really be negative about any of them at Barnsley and that's the frustration and well, I think the reasons can, why you can in the sense that Grant made that mistake and we yeah, haven't taken but, our chances um, yes and uh, yeah so I think I, you know I'm talking about overall general performance levels I think that, you know right this team is packed full of mistakes whether we play good or not you know that's what I said about finding ways to lose or finding ways not to win games I agree with you there's always mistakes there but you'd much rather see us playing like we did against Portsmouth oh it was definitely home, a better but, performance I think that's what you. That's what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that point. It was, was a better performance overall. They don't have that mental ability to turn good performances no. into wins a lot of the time. I'm not sure sometimes if they actually have brains, but um... <laughs> that's the frustration, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, it was as positive as we could be about another loss, I suppose, on that one. But yeah. um, I think we'll we'll draw a line in the sand there and move to slightly more troubling times um, at home to Oxford, Ollie. Okanabire, big chance, and he takes it. Fajiri Okanabire makes it two-two. So, second game in Easter, same outcome, another loss, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, 3-2. A very, very interesting game, Ollie. Lots of moments of controversy, despair, joy um, and sunshine. So, yeah, it had about everything, didn't it, the, the, the Easter Monday game. But, uh, yeah, Shrewsbury Town fell down 3-2 to Oxford United with goals from Norburn on 17 minutes, penalty, and Doherty on 40 minutes, and a hat-trick from White for Oxford, um, 6-72 and 8-78. And then uh, I think it's Cashy who also got a red card on 36. Didn't get 8,000. I thought we might have pushed 8,000 on Easter Monday for, for the game, but there was only 7,100 there, and there yeah. was a big attendance from Oxford. So Oxford always take a lot of fans, but yeah, I yeah. especially as shoes, we did uh, um, an offer. Deal. Yeah. A deal. But Bex came along because it was warm. She was up for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more fans. No, I was shocked actually. Yeah, I thought it'd be a bit more than that, but never mind. Um, and Oxford came into it in good form, so it wasn't going to be a rollover, um, which we which we would have liked at this stage. But they had in the previous game made themselves um, safe for the season, so they couldn't be relegated. So you you, you thought maybe there'd be a bit more pressure there off. Um, but they were unbeaten in seven, Ollie, and they'd won five of them, which is fantastic, isn't it? Really. And um, so yeah, they were coming in coming in a good form. But one of the things I noticed before we get to my team selection was that. Their team selection was quite interesting. They they did actually play a keeper who'd never started for them before because their keeper had got sent off last week. So they they were a bit weaker in that department. And also, I think they played a, a young couple of young lads as well who had very rarely played for them. And they were trying to test out their youth players. So everything when I saw their team and then I saw our team, which you can run through in a minute, led me to think, yeah, there's, there's reason to be positive about getting a win here. Yeah, I, it was a you know they were going into a kind of a run of form, but we'd come into run of form and also obviously improved performances. Uh-huh. Um, I thought Shrewsbury would get a result. Um, in the context of everything and obviously that's what we did in our predictions as well and that was even before yep. the Barnsley game so yeah I kind of went into the game obviously I don't you know you don't bank on anything but um, yeah I thought I, th- I was fairly confident not 
yeah, I was, I was kind of yeah, I had quite a bit of confidence going to this game that we were going to do all right. Yeah, and similar team again, just one change. We talked about Bolton carrying an injury, hadn't we? Yeah. Um, and obviously you couldn't play two games, but they'd obviously targeted this one as maybe the, the big one for Bolt. So yeah, Mitchell and then Bolton, Williams, Waterfall, Beckles, and Goldborn as the as the back five with with the two wing backs, and then Grant Norburn, and then just behind Doherty and Wally, who were just behind Campbell. So a little bit of a change again from that sort of central midfield that we played against Barnsley. Ollie. Yeah, and, and I'm not too surprised. Um, Maybe um, we'd maybe change the striker to kind of freshen things up a little bit, or maybe play two strikers. But the trouble is, and once worth having a little bit of discussion about, is obviously the playing wing backs. I think you know, I think we look more and more balanced with Bolton and Goldburn playing wing back rather than Warley. I mean, though he does a bit of a shift there, and obviously Oxford being a good side, we couldn't probably rely on Warley just playing up front and. You no. can't really play him in central field because I don't think that's really his game. So by playing Wally, you kind of mean that you can't really play two strikers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless I, you played I, him behind two strikers, and then that's very, very attacking to play two. Stri- basically, playing three forwards then, um, which is quite attacking. Especially as Wally had played so well against Barnsley. Exactly. I, I, I might have been tempted to drop Wally if he hadn't have been very good at Barnsley and played the two strikers and go for a bit of a. I think it was Doncaster at home, wasn't it, where Faye and um, Campbell played up front and they were just shit off for that first half of the game. I know Doncaster came back into it later on, but you know it might have been nice to try and have a go at trying to blow Oxford away. And obviously we went for a slightly different approach with the one up front and looked solid. And we're having to play the five at the back and the three centre-backs because of the weaknesses of Waterfall and Beckles, which were finally exposed for the first time in a few weeks in this game. So I can understand why we're sticking with it, but I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't really argue with the starting team, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't perceive it to be... I didn't think that a lot of them would underperform as badly as they would do, considering it was only you know three games, two days since the last game. I thought we, as much as fitness has been an issue this season, I thought we had more about us than, than how we tailed away in the game. So I couldn't really complain about the it's team. It's always going to be a test, wasn't it, of their fitness playing. playing Did you expect him to three. rotate a bit more than Ollie? Maybe. Yeah, I thought maybe. I thought I thought he should actually have played Laurent in midfield rather than Grant, um, and maybe played Norburn sitting with Doherty and Grant alongside him, have a bit more legs in midfield. Um, that's what I would have gone for, I think. A lot of them faded badly as this game went on. Wally was, last 20, he was out on his feet. I think Goldborn lost his legs a little bit. Um, Campbell obviously couldn't play much past 58 minutes this week. So there was definitely an argument that some of them were really struggling in that second half. And is that the reason why we went on to do what we did? I, I don't know. know. It's probably physical, a, probably a lot. mental, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're probably linked. Probably linked, isn't it? Yeah, first half... Um, yeah, it didn't start particularly well. <laughs> six well I don't know, I had a in. burger. That was quite good. <laughs> good um, so six minutes in, um, basically, I watched this back all back a few times because it looked, for enough, when you watched on the video, it was quite different to what I kind of saw in real time. Um, I thought it was like a bit of a freak kind of way the ball got to him, but actually it was a, a chip forward and then he flicked backwards header. Yeah. Um, and basically, we know at this point, we had to play it all over the shop. We weren't really structured <laughs> in terms of defending. No. Um, no one tracked um, White, um, who was basically given kind of the ball bouncing in the box. And to be fair to him, it was a really nice finish, but yeah, not um, not good. And yeah, kind of kind of was going to set a, a kind of theme in the game in terms of people <laughs> not concentrating and, and doing their job properly. Not good. That's a good description, Ollie. Being very nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, big shout for handball, wasn't there, Ollie? I mean, from from the south stand. I, I, obviously, we were in the west I stand. I couldn't really see anything. anything I've, 
I've watched it back. I think he takes it well um, on, yeah. on the sort of up top of his chest. I don't. I think that was just a. Uh, you're going to claim for it, aren't you? As a home fan, but it looked to me like um, Mitchell didn't attempt to save because he was call, almost calling for a handball sort of thing. He hardly moved, did he? I know he's close in and he hit it hard, but um, I think there's been a little bit of criticism from some some quarters I've seen today about why he didn't just sort of at least attempt to make a save. But yeah, just switched <laughs> off. Close, give, give, it was yeah. You got to give Oxford credit as well. I thought it was a very nice move and a very good goal and. Let's be honest that you know the start of that game they they were pretty good weren't they to be fair I yeah think, well, team the whole full of confidence and they passed the ball around nicely and they they really did find it easy to pick us apart at times and you know we tried our best to come up to it and we had a few chances as the game went on but I was I was I was despite the fact they won with ten men and all the good connotations behind that I was impressed with them as a, as a unit and um, I'm surprised they've only really made themselves safe in the last week or so you, you must think that they've improved as the season's gone on, really. Um, yeah, they not, have. Well, they had a terrible, terrible start to the season, didn't they? They were really yeah, poor did, for ages. Yeah. And, yeah, now, though, they're quite they're sitting high on 59 points. Don't um, seem to finish. It's almost like them and Warsaw swap places, almost, in terms of, you know, up one going up, one going down. It just shows yeah, you the, um, the league table and the, the season doesn't finish until, um, until you get to the end of April or May. We've just... We've just stayed absolutely bang average all season. <laughs> no good, no bad, no no. Well, there's been some bad, I suppose. It's range between poor and average, I suppose. We've not hit any heights other than the occasional game, but um, yeah. Somehow we got to thirteenth a couple of weeks ago. That seems crazy, doesn't it? But um, yeah. So felt, yeah, there we go. One 0 down, and um, it was it was interesting with the crowd, wasn't it? It kind of sucked the life out of us straight away, didn't it? There was a, quite a keyed up atmosphere, and you know everyone wanted to go for it, and it was just that goal. It sort of kind of just. Uh, made you worry straight away and I could see people around me getting their phones out to start looking at what other results were you know because you'd think I think I can't remember what it was we were playing was it Scunthorpe we were playing wasn't it and we, you know you kind of wanted them not to win so I think yeah. people were trying to look at the Scunthorpe score and yeah definitely got the, the nerves yeah it was and, and the nerves were definitely rattling around and um, we did create our first decent chance then didn't we though yeah it did Warfall um, won the ball good really good tackle um, comes out gets come passed around, um, goes to Doherty, to Worley, and then, yeah, he was pushed over by the defender. Yeah, a bit of a, um, to put a, bit of a post out to say whether it was a penalty or not. So before I get your opinion, I'll share the opinion of Ash. <laughs> and he thought it was not a penalty. He gave him a little push or nudge. And yeah, just kind of, you said, you know, you said he'd seen worse tackles not given in the past. And we got a bit lucky with this decision. So what, what were your thoughts, Glenn? Not far from that. I mean, Christ, it was as soft a penalty as you'll possibly see given. I think... But he gave him a reason to give it. Yeah, Still, exactly. His hand was up. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'd say it was poor defended. You know, you put your arm out on a player in the box when they've got the ball and they're running at you. You're inviting a player to go down. So yeah, exactly. you know, a bit like how Salah, um, obviously, and the Cardiff penalty was a bit controversial. You, know, you put your put your arms on or around a player in the box. Um, you kind of you're kind of that's a recipe yeah. for disaster. So naivety from the defender, and I guess you say. Gains, not gains and ship, you know, smuts intelligence from Wally to go down. Yeah, I mean, we that Salah one, I'd have given that as a penalty all day long. He grabbed yeah. him with two arms around him. This one, if that, that Salah penalty was more of a penalty than the Wally one, where he's got a very, very small shrug in the back and just sprawled to the floor. But he just for me. didn't need but, to um, do it, did he? He, he no, was shattered him. So, yeah, no. but I'd say Norburn's penalty was good down to bottom left. It was brilliant. If you look at that penalty, he rifles in hard just off the post, and that, that is a proper penalty. That you you you'll ne- you never say penalties like that unless no. you're David here and you can sprawl across your goal. But yeah, really really good penalty. Um, takes Norburn up to eleven for the season now, which is fantastic return for him, isn't it? And um, and then obviously Doherty joined him on double figures later on in the game. So to have two centre mids on double figures for the season is pretty decent. I mean that matches that season. I think Nolan got ten and 
someone else got 10 as well. Her name escapes me now. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had goals from midfield. You know, it's not been that bad, has it? No. And then, yeah, not a lot really happened then between then and this and then the, penalty, the red card incident. Kind of bit of passing and stuff like that, but nothing... I don't know, nothing that really comes to mind for me. No, I, I just want a question for you. Did you think it was a very good game? I mean, take away the goals and the red cards. Did you think that the overall game was very entertaining no. in terms of the pattern of play and what was going on? It was no, very stodgy. It was a bit, bit scrappy, and yeah. I guess it was just two teams who were a bit crap playing against yeah. each other. And where the Barnsley game, you know, as a neutral, if you'd gone to that game, you know, doing it was exciting. yeah, you'd have enjoyed that as a neutral. Um, and yeah, but that the um, Oxford game was a terrible kind of entertainment factor. Yeah, it wasn't great for large parts, was it? I didn't. I saw a few people saying it's like had an air of a preseason feel about it at times when people were knocking the ball around. Yeah. And um, I guess that's what it is. It was kind of almost a dead rubber in some respects. If we had one more point, it would have been so. Um, and then at one point, it looked like we were we were pretty much there. But um, yeah, and then there was a sort of a, a sort of a crazy crazy moment, wasn't there? Halfway through the half. Yeah. So um, kind of, and um, we kind of tried to start a counter attack, and then. Um, yeah, Kashi decided just to lunge in. Um, in re- real time, I wasn't sure if it was a red, and I was a bit surprised. And um, watching it back, um, it's definitely a red card. Yeah, um, yeah. He he was out of control in terms of if he dived. His boot was at least like four inches off the ground, and kind of you know his foot and his leg was at right you know kind of a right angle to the in terms of you know it was straight up boots yeah. flying. Um, it me, it was, yeah, it was definitely um, a red card on on reaction. Um, I did ask fans for their reaction, um, and I'm not sure if, if Brad saw the purpose of my tweet. And he said, "I said, you know, was it a red?" And he said, "And Brad Clark said, does a bear shit in the woods?'" Um, I think he's trying to say yes. But so yeah, I was just trying to get some reaction from the fans. I wasn't trying to be yeah. a, be annoying. But um, yeah, it was definitely a red card. And you know, at that point, you know, we just got back um, to to one all. And you thought, game on now, we're going to get those three points and we're going to hopefully going to put this, um, this season to bed. But yeah, I mean, uh, before, yeah, no, it wasn't. And before we go on to that next bit, I mean, from my view of it, apparently it was a shit tackle, really shit tackle. For them in that circumstance, when they were, you know, having as much of that game and could have been looking to go on and to win And they were winning at this point. So yeah, sorry, exactly. sorry, sorry, well, yeah, sorry, they sorry, they were, sorry, it was a draw at this point. It was, it was, it was. So, but they, they were playing well, I thought, Oxford. And, but they, um, they were still in it. Yeah, but he cost them, didn't he? And, and to me... Well, he would nearly costed them. You thought he would have costed them. Yeah, sorry, I was saying it, it was the same as the Dave Edwards card at Bristol Rovers, Ollie, for me. Exactly the same kind of tackle. Bit of a lunge. Gave the referee no reason not to send him off. And, 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 and to me, if I was saying that Dave Edwards probably should have gone at Bristol Rovers, he definitely should have gone. Um, and the noise of when it hit the shin pad, it was quite a, a loud thwack as well. And everybody on our bench got up. Referee looked across. And it was just a kind of combination of sort of all those factors, I think, that made him just get the red card out straight away. Um, and, and to me, yeah, as soon as he went off, you know... 10 men we should be looking to push on now I was hoping we'd, we'd go ahead and you know we did in a minute and now that would it put this game to bed put the season to bed and it was it was a complete gift horse wasn't it and um, you know they, they say never look a gift horse in the mouth well unfortunately Shrewsbury Town looked at a gift horse and then just shot it in the head I well, think basically I think so. for 9 minutes um, <laughs> of the half so the remaining 9 minutes of the half we kind of took advantage of it um, yeah. We scored, you know, we had um, a throw in from the left to Norburn to Campbell, a really nice cross, um, but then a really good block, um, then a long ball to Campbell, a really good passage of play, crosses um, into the box, headed away, and then Doherty scores. Um, so, you know, goal. yeah, fantastic. Um, there was a little bit surprised watching highlights back. There was a rather large man with his shirt undone, which I wasn't really expecting when I was doing the prep for the game, which was, was odd. Yeah, he was wearing like that. his Hawaiian shirt. And you could see his his, uh, his man nipples and his belly button, which was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> Where? What? He's in block one. 
Oh, right. That was yeah. Well, it was Art Ollie, and it's Art in Block 1 with the sun on him. Give him, give him a break, mate. Um, yeah, but a good finish, to be fair. Doherty got his head over the ball, didn't he? Kept it low hard. And yeah, really right nice in finish. The corner again. Um, and yeah, say 2-1 up then. We, we, were, we were cruising, really, weren't we? And I put a tweet there saying it would take a miraculous... I think it would take, it would take a spectacular... Um, turn around for us to get relegated from this point. <laughs> Little did I, <laughs> I, I know. Tempting fate. Little did I know what was going to happen in the second half. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to come if we get relegated. That tweet is. I, I might as well just delete my Twitter account because I'll never I'll never live that down. But um, yeah, it looks okay. And and there was definitely a, a change from that little bit more impetus that we got. You know, in that period where we got ahead and after we had the red card, we definitely got on top for a good five ten minute period. But it it just com- it completely changed after half time, didn't it? It was very different between that little period and what happened. It's one of those games where you, sometimes you want half time, and sometimes you don't. You don't um, and yeah. we could have done a bit more, a bit more time. Um, they did score though and have a goal. Ro- ro- yeah, that's that quite as well. funny. Um, <laughs> but then, oh, no. yeah, when at half time, there were rumours that um, something kicked off. We get in trouble for mentioning rumours, Glenn. But there no, are it's ru- not a rumour, is it? No, it's not a rumour. It's um, confirmed because Carl Robinson has been out in the press and say. The, the incidents in the tunnel at half-time spurred us on. So something definitely happened. What well, the rumours are, who was involved? I don't know. The rumors I still don't really trust Robinson. I remember well, maybe, talking maybe. nonsense. Um, I don't believe it was players that were involved from what the rumours yeah, are today. Saying, more he like saying it was, staff. It was quite clear to point out it wasn't players. I just, I just don't really like the bloke after all the negative comments he was saying when, we, when he was doing the Sky Sports um, mm. punditry for the um, Charlotte game when he basically thought said that we were rubbish. He knows what he's doing, though, doesn't he, Ollie? That's the thing. As a football manager, he seems to know what he's doing. He's he's building a reasonable team there, the way they played football. And um, well, only got nine he, points more than us. I wouldn't go go that too well, excited, but but didn't he take over after the season? Or am I getting that confused with another team? Yeah, no, no, he's been there. He took over last season from them. Oh, okay, we played fine, him. We played him. He came to, when he was manager of Oxford last season. Oh, he had that was all it. Yes. So, but I guess you've got to give him credit for turning it around. Um, obviously, yeah. the first half of the season was pretty poor. Mm. And turning this around as well. You've yeah. got to give them credit for that as well, I think. Well, um, because okay. they came out and were better. Yeah, they the were definitely half. better. They started brightly. Um, but to be fair, they were definitely you know defending deep. And yeah, it's... um yeah it's, it's Well, he got it tactically right, didn't he? he? He They basically went to play in complete counter-attack on us. I don't, I don't, I don't think he did. Well, you don't? No, not at all. We'll come on to this now. Let's just go through the goals go and then. we can have a big debate. So basically, yeah. um, let's just do the goals and we can go on to the debate. So basically... They're defending. They're defending um, fairly deep. Ball over the yep. top. Beckles um, waterfall goes forward towards the ball and misreads the ball. Beckles completely thinks a waterfall is going to do something. Misreads it, and then basically allows the ball just to bobble on past them two into White. He runs in um, and puts the ball in the back of the net. Um, and then, then the second, then the third goal for them. Basically, they, their 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 player. I think it must be a fielder. Is number eight. Launches the ball one yard from their six yard line. Yeah, the right ball there, really. flies, bounces about. I don't know. I'm getting my mix of my yards and meters now, but maybe three yards from the halfway in their half. Yeah, it it's bounces, pretty much halfway. Then it bounces in between waterfall and Beckles onto White into the back of the net. It wasn't tactics. It was just two lumped balls um, and awful defending from us. Um, it was, and that was a defender. We've got to talk also about the other elements of the half. But for me, it was just two lumped ball forwards, awful defending, um, and just individual errors cost us cost us the result. Agreed, but I think that, that this may be undoing Oxford a little bit because no, I think it was that just they lumped had, they, balls. No, but they had periods where they controlled the ball, Ollie. Like yeah, they, they were passing the ball it around well, the back. And so I'm, ta- I'm talking about. 
I, I agree. It's those two individual get errors that cost us the game and the missed chances maybe a bit later on. But in overall, I think that for with for, for 10 men, they, they played Oh, they okay, worked really hard. Fair. They put a good shift yeah, in. they worked really um, hard. They, yeah. you know, they, they really kind of limited us um, to long-range shots. Definitely. I'd def- I'd cr- I would, for goals and attacking, they were very, very lucky. But for their work yeah, rates and their defending and limiting us to basically F all, all half, second half. Terrible. Um, we were terrible going forward. Absolutely pathetic. The players came out and they've basically dropped. If they were in third gear before, they dropped down into first. It was absolutely horrendous. The pressing disappeared. The effort disappeared. They were just kind of nonchalantly pantsing around um, in the second half with no effort or kind of... um, It was just crap. Everything... everything We're going to go around... We're going to go on lots of tangents here. Like you just talk, we'll probably interrupt you. The yeah. points you make, but you just talked about the, the press, right? That's completely true. They, they just stop completely. And I say, I think Waterfall, uh, Waterfall, uh, Wally looked knackered, to be honest with you. And and to be honest with you, in that first period, Campbell completely stopped chasing things down. And it, and when he got subbed off, I was like, well, he's a goal threat, but he had kind of stopped working. And as much as Faye came on, and let's be honest, Faye did bollock all as well in that period. He was on. He, he didn't get the ball. ball to him very often. But, <laughs> no, but there's so, a moment actually. Sorry, I forgot to mention for me that made a massive change, and that was Norburn going off of injury. Yeah, that, that was the key basically one for, us. for me. If there was anything holding the bridge together, you just took, you pulled his pin out. And everything just collapsed like a bag of wank. It was absolutely <laughs> shit. But you did soon, the game completely changed when Norburn went off. It did, it did. And as soon as you put the captain armband on, on Waterfall, he turns into just a conference player, doesn't he? He just, just goes. Like, a few times he's been captain in games and he's been absolutely awful. And as soon as he got the captain's armband, he went to shit again. And let's go back to the goals for a start then. So we've got we've, we've got Beckles and Waterfall. And, and this is my one question for you then. So we got caught on that first one. And basically... It was going to be that we were playing on the halfway line, basically. And if they knocked the ball over the top and they got it right, that White could run in with pace. He was going to beat both of them, no problem. And he would have a chance. He'd be one-on-one, wouldn't he, right? When we got done the first time, would you have moved it around? Would you have just said, look, Roshan was being used as the third man to go up and join in the attacks because presumably he's the best player on the ball. Mm, You know, like we would send Conor Goldson. Would you have swapped it around? Would you have said, look, just stay there. We can't afford to let another one in. A point will keep us up. We can't afford to throw a point away here. Or would you, would, you, would you have just said, well, we'll keep doing what we are and hope that they don't catch us a second time? I think the probability of them catching us out again was very unlikely and they were really lucky with two fluky balls. I agree. I can understand your point in terms of using Roshan Williams in the right, using his pace. Yeah. Now, the trouble is, if you'd put Roshan Williams next to the basically where they were, it was just for, it was unlucky for us that basically White was on in between. He wasn't really on Waterfall, it was in between and the ball bounced closer to Waterfall. So if you'd mm. have Williams on, he could have been where Beckles was. Now there is an argument around. to say maybe we should have gone to four four two, taken Beckles yep. off. I will give yep. you that. But in terms of like in terms of the like structure of the team, you know, Beckles was going forward as well from when he was on the left and Roshan was doing it on the right. Like the second goal, the player kicked it from his own penalty area, deep in his own penalty area, and basically had an assist. Like, mm. how many times mm. do you see an assist from near their own six yard line from a central midfield player? Well, yeah, Rolly, you're probably right. It's unlikely, but with our centre backs and the lack of pace and, and the way that it was, just was set up, it was. I, 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 I tweeted in between if we keep playing like this, they're going to get us again. It was. It, I felt it had an air of inevitability about it, just fatalistically, I suppose. And, and when they got in the second time, it was, it was just so frustrating, wasn't it? Like, the whole crowd was like, I can't believe we've done this again do you know what I mean and then even look at the third goal right Mitchell 
That's terrible goalkeeping. If you look at his positioning, yeah, I mean, he just great. opens up the goal. You compared to what, um, what obviously um, um, Davis, the Barnsley goalkeeper, did to us, he wasn't yeah. great. Um, I wouldn't crap. I wouldn't blame him too much. I think a lot happened, obviously, to get there. Um, but yeah, it was this, the, the, the third goal was much even like this one of the flukiest goals I've ever seen. Um, but we were <laughs> it was just frustrating. But the whole second half was it just kind of for me summed up our entire season. Um, and I'm own really, problems. really looking forward to seeing the back of most of these players. And yeah, actually, for well, me, or well, I'm actually going to another game this season. I can't go to another game. So actually, fortunately for me, I'm mm. not going to have to see some of their faces again because some of them are crap. And what as a way collective, to go out, Ollie. as a collective, they're horrendous. There's just like something corrupt about this kind of combination of players, um, and the men- mental kind of weakness or don't know what it is you know against away at Wolves in the FA Cup away at Stoke you know they can bring it on and they can you know play really yep, well yep, Sky yep. Team sorry team, BT Sport turn up FA Cup putting a good shift in um, but for some reason they just don't seem to I don't think it's they can't be asked I think it's just more subconscious than that just, but as a group of players um, they're quite pathetic there was there's, there's so many things to be critical about about it. Though. I mean, like Grant strolled around second half. Laurent came on and did hardly anything. He, he couldn't get on the yeah, ball. Yeah, he we, couldn't make a pass. How, work, could he? he couldn't make a pass, and then a lot of them did that, and they, they got crushed. When the third goal went in, they were crushed, weren't they? It was like there were so many hands on hips, people looking around, and then waterfalls clapping in the middle of the pitch after they conceded that third goal, and there was people around me going, "What are you effing clapping for, you moron? You just cost us another goal," and and just it just exposed all the problems we've had all season in a microcosm of about a ten minute yeah. period. That was the reason it's gone down so badly is because we were, were safe. They they were there. We they'd done safe, it. They had yeah. every opportunity, and they again found a way to completely mess it up, like they've kept doing all season. And it's just you're right. It's mentality. Like Mark Elliott always goes on about. There's a quality. There's a lot of quality in this team, but they don't. You know, there's other reasons why they're not doing well. I, I kind of can. I've always seen where he's coming from, but I'm still of the view that there's a lot of players who are living on one or two good games, and everyone forgets about how they've gone missing for 20 games this season. You know, all those games we've lost or had poor performances in, and. and you know, we're going to have a, a chance to talk about this in the preseason review. Ollie, you know, go through the players and say who's had good seasons or not. And you're right; there's so many players here that are replaceable. That you know, there's no reason to worry about losing a lot of these players because there must be better out there than what we've been forced to and watch. Hopefully, this season. And hopefully, collective, which will be better as well. Exactly, and it seems hyperbolic to say that. And I don't think that if we continue to take the core of this team in there, and we won't be able to because a lot of our best players are the loan players. We're going to lose a lot of players who are out of contract. We'll probably maybe get picked off our two two best players we got contracted. Phase, phase vulnerable let's be honest about it um, and at least if Ricketts is here and he does get us over the line in the next two games he's probably going to have a chance to have an entire new squad and actually bring some, bring a team together with a good mentality and the fitness thing that he's always talked about but you, you won't do it with this this core um, so Rick so what did Ricketts have to say it's a real tough one um, you expect to see this game out um, second half we never got going we got caught by two long balls uh, we didn't get we didn't get the ball moving we were far too passive Two bits of disappointing defending lost us the game. We have to be disappointed. We've let ourselves and the fans down. And ten men subconsciously did we settle? Um, and then he mentioned about Ollie Norburn that he was injured and he had to come off with an Achilles injury. Yeah. And then why do we lose? He said the players are very honest to themselves in the dressing room and they're <coughs> dis- disappointed. Um, and then Doherty, um, who talks really well, I have to just comment. Doherty talks really well for a young lad. Um, you know, he's extremely tough. As players, we need to take the criticism and go again next week. The game can change so quickly. And he mentions about, obviously, how English Football League is just like so crazy, how the game changes. 
Um, you know, complacency sits in. That was his. That's what he said. Um, too many games we haven't seen it out. Um, we well, shot ourselves in wrong. the foot. Story of our season. Two free clearances got in. Um, a few home truths were spoken, and you know some of those things there. You think they were came from fans, but actually it was from Greg Ockerty, and you know. Obviously, he has to pay a part of you know in terms of these collapses and stuff because he is a part of the team. But you know, interesting and honest words from him. So fair play for him you for that. F- you feel it matters to Greg Doherty, don't you? Yeah. You know, you don't doubt his commitment and his drive, and he's another one that stood out as one of our better players on Saturday. And you know, to be honest with you, he's probably gonna he's, he's pro- close to winning our Southcast Player of the Season, Doherty. You don't doubt him. You don't doubt it matters to him. He looks like a proper pro, and he's better than what's been going on at this football club this season. He's one of very few, I would say that about. And unfortunately, he's one of the bloody loan players we're going to lose in the summer. But there are a lot of players who wouldn't. I don't feel like are that honest, or, or or would come out and be talking like that. There's a lot of them that are just in it for themselves. You know, it's it's about them. And I don't know. I, I think maybe that's looking into it too much because I don't know these blokes. But I, I feel like Doherty is one of the ones we can trust, and will come out of the season with some credit where not many will, to be honest. No. So just then, um, so then yeah, you're talking there about players again. So who were your top three? So I went for Doherty man of the match. I, th- I thought about, amongst all the nonsense that was going on. I mean, we, we haven't talked about quite a lot of things that went on in that second half because there was so much poor football and so much problems. You know, there was one where um, Mitchell kicked a ball and it hit the bloody guy on the arse and almost bounced straight into oh, the goal. Yeah, we haven't yeah, even talked about that. And so it wasn't like they were the only chances they had. That was, again, just through their sheer hard work of chasing on that we weren't doing. And um, there was quite a lot of things. Like that. But yeah, I thought amongst all of it, Doherty at least tried to keep his head. He tried to take on the Norburn role when Norburn went off. I know he didn't do it as well as Norburn does, but he was forced to maybe change his game a little bit. And he was the one that was trying to drive us on. So I went for Doc. Um, I went for Norburn second, even though he went off. As I said, he was the thing holding everything together. Like you said, Ollie, I think that's completely fair. And again, much like much like the other game, I went for Roshan. I think he just was let down by his two senior partners again. And um, I wish that I wish that Ricketts would have seen his pace as an asset further back rather than him being a ball player. And, and he was good defensively, but I didn't think he, he did too much in terms of when he was pushing on as that third centre-back and trying to make an extra man. Personally, for me, I would have took one of the centre-backs off and, put, and played another midfielder maybe. Or It was difficult on Saturday. I'll, I'll give Ricketts one thing. His bench was very lopsided again, um, and, and it was it was awkward to see once he brought Faye on. I don't think Payne was on the bench, was he? Sam Smith was, but would he have trusted him in that situation? It was, I don't know, the bench is just weak as fuck, isn't it, really, to be honest with you, at the end of the day, and there's a lot of them on there that will be gone at the end of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there's lots <laughs> to talk about in the end of season review. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, um, man. So my top three, Norburn. I had to go for Norburn because it just kind of shows how important it is that we completely fell apart when he went off. Um, so I went Norburn first, second Doherty, and third Williams because... Well, really, because there wasn't really too many else to choose from, and he didn't really do too much wrong. Um, no, and he's a young kid at the end of the day as well. Um, Nor- Norburn's been player of the season since Christmas, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't so good before Christmas, but since Christmas, he's definitely been the one to step up. And um, a lot of our better performances have come with him sort of showing that leadership. Obviously, taking the captain's armband, um, but it took him until Christmas to really get into his game. Didn't yeah, it, he seems to, be to benefit, doesn't he, from the new management team? Um, mm. And interesting, I mm. keep saying this. You know, Twitter is the place for football debate at the moment. Um, and there's a really interesting mm. debate, wasn't there, about who's player of the season on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. So if you really yeah. want to get involved in the debate, you know, follow um, follow a, um, a few guys um, like obviously follow Lewis Cox, follow ourselves, follow your account. Um, but there's quite well, maybe we'll do a tweet out actually. Oh no, we'll, we'll do a tweet yeah. out afterwards to some Shooter Town fans you should follow. Um, we'll do that 
online. So we've gone to Salutcast and we'll um, find the account and we'll point out who you should follow for Shrewsbury Town fans because sometimes there's some really good debate online. Yeah, so as I say, it's not, you know, my account's got a lot of followers, but there's a lot of town fans out there who do a lot of regular tweeting about the football club now, yeah. the same I do. And I think it's fair to put a bit of a shine on them because yeah. it's always a good debate. I mean, I put up a, a list of the players at a contract earlier today yeah. and said, who would you keep? And it's gone crazy. There's been so many responses and different, different things. And I think that's really good debate and it really helps us doing a podcast personally. Exactly. But regardless of whether I did a podcast, I love engaging on the football and talking and giving your opinion. Which is why we do the podcast. To other people's opinion. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it is a place to be Twitter. And funnily enough, when we were at Barnsley, we didn't mention this. But oh yeah, um, good point. I forgot uh, to put this in the uh, agenda. I think it was East East Midland Shrew. Yeah, his name wasn't that. And he, name is, we'd yeah. never met the guy, and he came up and he said, "You're on Ollie and Glenn from the podcast." And he said, "Yeah." He came over to talk to about it, and we were just talking to him, saying that's one of the reasons why. We, I was sort of saying to him, wasn't I, that oh, we used to play for the away sports and we got to know a few f- f- fans through that, didn't we? And that was sort of the social side of it. And um, the podcast is kind of having that little community now. We're getting to know people at games and talking to us online. And I think that's a, a nice thing, really. Any Anything like a, a podcast tends to get a little community behind it. And it's fantastic to, to be involved in and meet new people, which is brilliant. So, yeah, cheers to East uh, Midland Shrew for coming over and talking to us. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks, John. Nice to meet you. And yeah, we'll say we have to get on the podcast John, as well. It. So yeah, John Minter, thanks for saying hello. And yeah, it's good to, um, you know, we do the podcast, you know, so we can basically just talk about Shrewsbury and have that engagement with fans and, <laughs> and talk to people. You know, it's a it's a bit of a hobby for us. So yeah, thanks for saying hello. And um, yeah, we have to get him on the podcast. Yeah, that was that was a nice aside. We've tried to distract ourselves from the nonsense that was the Oxford game, Ollie. So I don't know what else we've got left to go over. I mean, we could talk about Oxford. We've talked about them during it. They were pretty good. But um I don't know where, yeah. to, where to go with this now. I mean, there was a huge debate offline. Offline wasn't there? Yeah. Just sort of offline, yeah. online. So after the game, um, I think it's fair to say that um, volcanic reaction for Georgia Town fans, and I would say the, <laughs> the 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 reaction of the fans is not surprising, and I do not blame nope. fans at all for um, you know in terms of you know getting very very frustrated. I do slightly have a disagreement, and we'll come on to this now, Glenn, about who's to blame. Um, but yeah, interesting interesting tweet from Don Kirby. He's off, always tweets out. I'm sure he'll be on that list we tweet out later. And, you know, yeah. So the question, does yesterday's performance individually, collectively, shape, tempo, etc., you know, be any resemblance to what Sam Ricketts talked about you guys when we had our sit-down? It was so indifferent um, to the much-lauded Barnsley performance. So, yeah, I don't know if you want to make a few comments on that, Glenn. I think if I was Sam Ricketts, one of the things that from that meeting that stood out to me that is, is a tough one for a lot of fans to swallow, I think, reading online the last few days, is he is he constantly complained about the fitness levels, didn't he, in that meeting? And is why we faded away, having played two games in, in three days, towards the end of that game, even against 10 men, a fundamental reason why we, we, we didn't do too well in that second game, a, a result of that fitness that he still got an issue with. Now, that's fine, but he could have rotated more. So there are reasons to say if he felt like that, and that's one of the reasons for it, why didn't he rotate more? He, there's lots of reasons why, probably. But I, I, I don't know. To me, in that meeting, it came across like we were going to stick with that plan of playing five at the back, the same tactic we've been playing for weeks and weeks now that did get a few results that would probably keep us safe. We were just going to do that to the end of the season and then he's going to go back to the drawing board and there'll be a new plan and there'll be a new approach. So I don't think that it's really any different to what he was telling us in that meeting. I think he was pretty clear that's what was going to happen, Ollie. Um, but... Why are we so different between the games? It, it's the same all season. He's not been able to get to a grip with the inconsistency this team show. And it's about quality, it's about mental attitude, and it's probably about all three of them, fitness as well. And you, you probably can't fix all those things during a season. You can you can st- stem the bleeding to some extent, you can do things that will see you through certain games, but to fundamentally get to grips with the three major problems under this team, I, d- I don't think Ricketts could solve it. I don't think he's a good enough or more experienced enough manager to do it at this stage of his career. Yeah, there was a lot of 
debate, wasn't there, coming on, um, and who kind of blamed? And I don't normally do this, Glenn, but she's probably, as you can see, the agenda. Um, I yeah. did uh, copied and, and put in one of your one of your tweets from the um, uh, uh. from after the game, and you said um, big boys, big booze for Ricketts again when he came to clap the West Ham, and you said that he was utterly culpable for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he. he, he... It's difficult because I know we've talked offline and you don't fully agree with this, but there are things about how we managed that second half that I would put down to him. And I know you'll, you'll talk about just two individual moments of shitness. As I said, I think I would have put Rashawn back there. I maybe would have changed taxis around. I maybe, maybe there's a lot of different things as a manager he could have done, but he just seemed a little bit rabbit in the headlines when things started to get away from him. And that's not the first time we've seen that this season, Ollie, with him. Um, but I wasn't the only, you know, I wasn't anyone that booed that performance at the end. And, and when he came over to the West End, Ollie, let's be honest about it, he got a lot of abuse and a lot of boos. And and all it shows me is, yeah, we had that little good run, but deep down, Ollie, we have now had him for twenty six league games, right? We've taken twenty three points, or it could be the other way around actually. But anyway, it's yeah, it must be twenty four yeah, league games. Twenty four league games, and we've taken twenty six points. That's it, which is roughly one point one points per game right so I, I just looked at, that's awful Ollie still that is not great you you would almost certainly get relegated picking up that amount of points across a whole season and he's had a lot of league games to sort that out now so as much as we went and had that meeting and we can start, kind of see the long-term plan and we've seen a little resurgence recently although we haven't taken a huge amount of points in the last 18 if you look at it it, it's it's still masking what a lot of people see as his inexperience in his inability to take us forward as a club and their worries about what will happen going forward. So, you know, we've taken a step back and said, I think as long as we're safe, we can probably see him into next season. I don't think you could say that about every Shrewsbury Town fan. I think there are some serious doubts about him. And I seriously think that because of those doubts, that's why people will look at him as the fundamental reason for why we didn't win that game yesterday. Even though the players were massively culpable as well. I wasn't saying it was all his fault. But there's definitely some undercurrent that there's just a lack of faith in him still despite that sort of despite him wanting to get the message out there that he had a plan and it was results based and when you throw something away through two like that which is unforgivable you can understand why people are going to be miffed with him because that very rarely happens to a football club or a football manager during your career and that's that's my view of it Ollie it's a bit more widespread than you were hoping but you weren't the only person that thought that so Andy Lewis said the players are bottled today yes and in response to me this was a response to um, having discussion online and he said, mm-hmm. players have bottled it, um, it today, yes. But can you tell me who gave Waterfall the job of marking the guy who got the hat-trick today? He was culpable for two of the goals. And that's plain and simple lies at the manager's door, um, yeah. which is an interesting view. And obviously, there's a lot of people who were kind of blaming the manager. And for me, I find it, I, I, I can't I can't agree with that. Um, Jovan probably, probably agrees with me because he said, it's not Ricketts fault today. The second half was terrible. No urgency, movement, or complacement. And he said, "Waterfall, Christ!" Um, and he put the, the, game <laughs> at the, the players. And for me, this game, and I think individual games, um, you know, unless the manager does something fundamentally wrong, um, which I don't think Ricketts did in this game, I, I think it's quite hard to put the fault at, the, at Ricketts' door. So for me, second half clearly pressing was poor. You know, that was that was the players defending individual errors, which I don't think you can blame the manager for. I don't, I don't, I don't and one thing that Andy was saying is that he almost he was blaming the manager for Waterfall's mistakes. I don't think you can blame the manager for a player making an individual error. Um, if he does it for five, six games in a row and he doesn't make a change or doesn't coach him, then yes, you can criticise him. But an individual error, no. Then at the same time, are you going to give Crickets the credit for that amazing strike that Campbell did away at Barnsley? I don't think many fans will. So I think it's hard. Well, we to... did give Ricketts credit before, didn't we? we no, but I'm talking about individual end. moments, specifically individual moments. I find it. I just find it 
doesn't sit with me. I don't know why. I just don't. Well, I don't know why. I just don't but, agree. But, you can blame management for individual errors. Well, I, mean? I think we'll still have the argument about it. I, I see what you mean, but I still think that when you've been caught by a moment like that, and you could easily be caught like that moment again without making any tactical change or changing the approach the, at all so to try to stop it happening again. The second one bounced in our own half and he kicked it from the six yard line for me it was, why, was so our, why are our centre backs on the halfway line why are they pushed up so high when we know you can't, we've just you can't been done leave an even bigger gap if they'd been defending not on the halfway line and even deeper that would have left a massive gap the gap was huge okay. you could they couldn't even you could maybe say that there should have been were. someone you could maybe 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 point a finger at the management to the same at the management team and the players why wasn't someone sitting a bit more to kind of cover that gap I'll give you that but I just don't agree that you can blame the manager for individual errors um, well there's the there's the other side of the argument Ollie is if we were if we were still under ASCII now and everything had been going bad and you were getting towards the end of the season right I, I would have said are the players playing for him Let's be honest about it, because he said in his post-match interview, I think, when you covered it, that he, he sent them out there and they didn't quite do what he wanted them to do sort of thing. And to me, that makes me think, why are they not doing what he's asked them to do? I don't he's think, been here 30-odd games now. But do you think... OK, now ask you a question then before... I haven't quite finished. I've, I've done a lot of prep for this bit of the podcast. <laughs> then. So, um, Go on, Ollie. so do you think that the players weren't playing for him? You know, that kind of lost the dressing room kind of quote thing that comes out? No, I know. don't think that. I was making the point that if he was asking, you might have suggested yeah. that. I just think it was a dereliction of duty from a lot yeah. of those players and on Saturday. And, they, they... and for me, yeah, I'm 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 very much firmly in the camp of it. For me, it's it's blame the players, and I think it's too easy just to blame the manager. You know, you know, people say yeah, the manager you manage things and all this kind of stuff, but you know, a manager in in other industries isn't. You know, you don't you you can't blame a manager for the actions of their their staff all the time. Long term, yes, you can, but I just don't think it is. And I. I... But Ollie, if, if it was in your career, right, and you're, you've obviously mentioned you're a buyer on this podcast a lot of times, right? If you were you were saving your company a hundred grand a year, you were performing well. well that, or I'd be below you target. You were performing hundred grand, but yeah, <laughs> you were performing above average, right? Let's let's not pretend that Sam Ricketts has been a good manager at Shrewsbury Town Football Club. I, if yeah, you take across every but... game, he's. No, he hasn't, and that's what I mean in about but, why but we he had that hasn't reaction. had a chance. So that's perfect uh, he's interlude he's had to this. Of games now. So f- Sam Ricketts' first twelve games when he took over. The 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 kind of the baton from Sana so from from John Askey, first twelve games didn't go very well. Nine points, point seven five points per game. Four Terrible. he scored eleven goals, conceded eighteen. But then fast forward to his second half of the twenty four games. So the next twelve, he got seventeen points. So he's doubled his his output in terms of points per game, up to still not a great number, but one point four. And now we've scored more and conceded less. So 4-16 and against 14. So for me, you can see an improvement in Sam Ricketts' output and performance as a manager. Now, I know what you're going to say, it's still not good enough. And I agree with you, it's not no, good enough. And point. if Sam Ricketts was our manager at the start of next season and was getting, you know, for the first nine games, he only got 0.75, then I'd be saying he should be sacked. But if he's not. If- he's come in after what was probably one of the worst pre-seasons we've had for like 10 since we've been in the new meadow the team was unbalanced he had to rectify that in january and the team was really unfit and you look at the teams that you know because lot of people were calling for ricketts to be sacked you look at the teams that have sacked their manager scunthorpe and south end it's not going well for them the teams that have kind of stuck by their manager um you know you've seen teams that have gone up so oxford have come out of it now um, obviously, like us, Wimbledon changed their manager and they stuck with him and he started to get a few results and they might even have a miraculous safety. So I just find it, yeah, just find it really hard. I think, you know, I don't think we're giving um, Sam Ricketts a fair test here. Um, and, 
yeah, for me, you know, in terms of next season, um, I definitely think um, he should be the manager. Yeah, I, I, we've, we've, I think he will be manager. We've had that debate, to be honest with you. And my, my point wasn't it is that he's got improved, but it's only still to a very bang average level. And we could talk about Scunthorpe. It's not going well for them. They've changed their manager again. They've only got four points less than us. It's not like we've blown them away now. And, you know, by the end of Saturday, they but could be one so point fine. behind us. So fine. It is fine. But if we've had this huge improvement, we should have maybe gone away. Just to, interestingly, should just say Wimbledon are losing 1-0. Um, but Akron Stanley are winning 1-0, Ollie. So not ideal for us. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a big debate to have at the end of the season. I, I think it's fair for fans to be worried about next season keeping Ricketts. I don't think that keeping us safe on the last game or the second last game is anything to write home about and it's a shambles that we've still ended up in this position having changed our manager back in November let's be honest about it if he was going to recover us we could have recovered much better than this but he probably will keep us up and he will get a chance but what what Sally told me, Ollie, and, and we'll probably move on from this now because it's been a really long debate, is that there is an undercurrent with a lot of our fans who don't rate him. We, we can't pretend that but isn't the case. Ollie, I as agree. Much as we met him. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's there. And if he starts off with 0.75 points a game in the first ten, if he starts off with 1.1 points a game in the first ten next season, I'm telling you, people will be. Asking of course, he will, and I'll be right I'll be there as well. But I think yeah. the importance is really interesting. I was chatting to some. Um, guy today who was um, a member of a trust and was actually the chairman um, of, of, of Wickham Football Club. It's really bizarre. He's, I'm trying to buy some product from him, and he was talking about you know the, you know the importance of having consistency, importance of preseason, and the importance of kind of giving that kind of that platform. Now, I don't I don't think using the kind of term fair test. I don't think Sam Ricketts had a fair test of his capability. Now, I think the trend that I'm trying to show between the two sets of twelves, he has improved it. Clearly, not good enough, and I totally agree with you. You know, if we're if we're now, you know, if we're now going into a new season, ten games in, you know, and he's got that kind of, you know, less points than games, then I'm completely saying he should go. But at this point, you know, I just think it's a fair test, which is interesting. It's a risk. It's it a risk, Ollie. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's way, a risk, it's, which it's, is a really, really good point, actually, because there was um, one, actually, quickly a comment from Busy. I thought he put a really good message out on Facebook. And he said, a time for, for all, including myself, to calm down and gather our thoughts. No one more fuming than me today, but individual abuse that likes a waterfall won't get us anywhere. I'm messaging here Fun. in a rare moment of sobriety. <laughs> he puts smiley face. But apart from today, I see things that have pleased me the last few games, especially our performance at Barnsley. Still thinks Ricketts could do us a be good, do us a good, and give him the chance. And then there's a really interesting tweet, which I think is a fantastic um, a message from. Sorry, it wasn't a message on Facebook from Ken Ken Olsop, and he said, and this is fascinating. I think way to end this debate. Very big job for the next manager in League One. A complete team restructuring, goalkeeper defence, centre and field, winger, striker, even with quick learnings. I just don't know if Sam will or can be up to this stage yeah. of his short manager career. That's, the worry. That's a fact and a big risk again for Salop. And he's, yeah, okay. it's true, it is a big risk. Yeah, and for me, that is. will be his ultimate test as a, as a young manager. He's staking a lot on... If he ends up trying to build a defence around playing Luke Waterfall every week next season... He's, I, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's got to be some thought as to whether it's worth sticking with that as an experience. He's got two years left on his deal, though. So I, I, is it, he got to be signing mad. on a three-year deal? Yeah, oh, the, the ASCII shadow is long and, and, de- and dark. It is, it is, it is. I think that's been a, a very interesting... Debate, Ollie, in terms of thing, One final thing, Glenn. One final thing. Go on. Go now, on. someone did actually start a poll on Facebook about oh, really? who should be the manager next season. And Always interestingly, dangerous. interestingly, Ricketts has 120 votes versus 75 for Hurst. Um, okay. And then, yeah, any, then anyone else only got... Um, how many did it get there? Just trying to see. I can't see. Just not Facebook showing me, but a very small number um, of fans. So you know, still Ricketts is getting more support than Hurst, which I thought was really surprising. <laughs> I, 
it's surprising in some respects, but also it shows that Hurst's still getting a lot of votes, isn't it? And yeah. That He's still going to go. The, the season, last season it? was amazing, wasn't it? The, so. the shadow of Paul Hurst hangs longer over this football club than probably the shadow of, of Askey that you were talking about a minute ago. And, you know, he's out of a job. I don't know. There's still there's still a lot of people who would say, why don't we just go get him back in this summer? And it's not going to happen in a million years, but there's there's still, I can, I can understand why people still vote for him. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. And I mean, we've got two games left yet, Ollie. This is before we get to it. And we should just go to one last question we had on Twitter, which was from uh, Murray James. And he asked us a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, April, I forgot to put it in the agenda, so apologies. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's still relevant, it is. which is is the Warsaw game going to matter, Ollie? Right now, I think it might do. I do. I do. Because Coventry well. are doing I, well. I, they got beaten by Portsmouth, yeah. but they were, you know, Kenny Jacket doing his two subs at half time and being a football genius. Um, managed to get Pompey over the line but they're a good team there's a sequence of results that means we could be safe by the time we play Coventry yeah. on Sunday but as I say right now I'm looking at the scores tonight you know we're we're, we're recording this it's half past eight now Accrington Stanley are beating the, the team they're playing tonight I think they was Charlton wasn't it 1-0 so they've gone above us and Wimbledon have just equalised against Luton so you know there's a chance they can get three points there and if that comes off they both win yeah there's there's a massive chance that we will need something from Coventry or Wimbledon um, Coventry or um, Warsaw at home Warsaw. and if we can't go to Coventry and get it and they look good Coventry when I watched Coventry Portsmouth this week they play with pacey attacking players which on the basis of what happened on Saturday is going to frighten the bloody life out of us isn't it so Warsaw if we go and lose at Coventry yeah if we lose at Coventry there's still a chance that we could that we could it could matter so uh, you know on the way the results are looking right now I think it might matter yeah Ollie and I think we, we might need something to, to keep up, keep at ourselves just point, above maybe? the waterline Point, yeah. Having said that, I don't think I'm out for Walsall. I think they'll be down. I, I can't see them. Yeah, but we might need so to get something from it. We Walsall might, which, which makes it even more difficult. Because they'll want to do something to stop us, won't they? They will. They will. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. Um, <laughs> so, there we go. We've got Coventry next. Our predictions for Oxford were terrible, by the way. We both went for us to win, yeah. so there we go. But, yeah, what about Coventry? You're not going, I'm going, but what do you, what do you think? You go Coventry? first, mate. You're winning, as you keep telling me. I, I think, yeah, I think having watched Coventry, I think they're too good for us. I think we'll lose 2-1. Okay. Um, I'm going to go um, to all. I'm going to be a positive. Go for a tour draw. That would be positive. That would be my last game of the season. I'd like to end it with a draw. But um, yeah, there we go. An interesting podcast, Ollie, covering the whole of Easter. It's been a bit of a long one. It's yeah. been a mammoth session, and, and Oxford really did throw up a lot of questions and, and debate. So it was good. It was worth covering it. But um, yeah, we, we've got two more regular episodes. Really, we've got this one uh, coming up next week after the Coventry game, and then we'll wrap up the, the normal season um, after after the Warsaw game and uh, hopefully safety. Um, and then we'll start doing our summer specials. You know, this end of season reviews and bits and pieces. So three or four more episodes before we can all go yeah. in. And, and try and enjoy a summer but uh, yeah thank you for everyone to listening yeah. this week thanks uh, for everyone yeah. to listening apart from Tom Griff he can sod off yeah Telford fan you should just mention that um, Yeah, who goes and watches Telford versus Hereford on a day off what a terrible decision <laughs> but he's, uh, he's listened to the podcast he'll be out on isn't he so it's uh, it's quite good fun there you go I can't believe you're dissing our listeners Ollie that's, it's that's only Tom news. Um, <laughs> there we go so yeah thank you for everyone for listening and yeah we'll be back next Sunday Yeah, it's only a joke, he'll, he'll love it. <laughs>